You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're in a series called The Good Fight of Faith. So many people think that faith is instant, always, that when real faith works, everything happens just like that. That's not really the case. The work of faith is a process. Even when God did things by faith, great creations of faith, it was quite a lengthy process. God started with hope, and hope is envisioning a desired thing or a desired outcome. God had a hope for the created universe and the crown of his creation, the human being. He had a vision for that for ages before he actually created man. He finally said, let there be light, which began the process of creation. But this was long after the process of hope had already begun. Now, I want to talk about this process because we have an enemy who works to interrupt the process, who works to deny the process. Funny thing happened at our Christian school about, oh, I don't know, six months ago or so. We, we played a football game, and we absolutely destroyed this opponent that we played. Uh, they had come from another state, and uh, we beat them handily. Uh, but what they did later, and it had to be someone from the school who had access to the codes to put scores up on a national website. And uh, so what happened is one of their officials uh, or administrators or a coach, someone who had access to the school's code to record scores, reversed this outcome of the game to give themselves a win. And they know they didn't win, and perhaps they thought we wouldn't notice, but we were undefeated. We noticed on this particular website we had a loss, and we looked, and our coach uh, corrected it, and they did it again. Whoever this person was did it the second time, and we caught it again, and we went back to the website and and uh, made our complaint about what had happened. And so uh, the administrator of the website finally came back and, and locked these people out or stopped them from altering this really reminds me of Satan who does not want to admit that Jesus Christ is God's Son come in the flesh, nor will he confess it, nor any demon power confess that. They don't want to admit they lost the game. And uh, that was kind of funny that these guys didn't want to admit they lost the game. Uh, Satan is a defeated foe. Uh, He's already defeated. Uh, Listen to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14, this is the New King James Version, and it says this, Inasmuch then as the children, which is us, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, since Christ came to redeem the children of men, Jesus had to be like them. They come into the world with flesh and blood. We enter through a birth canal. We're born here. That's how Jesus came to the world. He came into the world legally, the way you're supposed to. 
Uh, Satan, on the other hand, came into the world by lying to Eve and tempting Adam, and he usurped the authority that was given to man. He operates in the atmosphere around the world. Uh, he is here illegally. He's not supposed to be here. So uh, he has been destroyed. Now, that doesn't mean he ceases to exist. It means, according to the Greek, that he is reduced to inactivity, meaning that he is ineffective, especially to those who know he's ineffective. It is the word katargeo, and, it, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but nonetheless, uh, it means not the loss of being. Satan hasn't experienced the loss of being, but he has experienced the loss of well-being to render useless for practical purposes. That's where Satan is right now. He's still there. He still operates, but he can be made to be useless to those who know how to use their authority. Now, what I want you to see in all of this is Satan has to depend on lack of knowledge, ignorance. It's like this football team from the other school or whatever coach was responsible for changing the score. He was depending on ignorance to fly this. In other words, he didn't think that we would see it or notice it because we played in a different state. And so he thought he could give his team a win that they really didn't have. And I don't know the guy's motive, but I thought it was really interesting that they tried to fly this at least a couple of times, and it backfired on them. Uh, Satan depends on our lack of knowledge, lack of careful observation in order to do his works. Uh, this is what God says about the way he works. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed. And I know it doesn't mention the devil in this verse, but the word destroy is his work. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if God's people are destroyed, then Satan's involved. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's interesting. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say my people are destroyed because they have a lack of power. It doesn't say that at all. And it is not the truth. We are never destroyed because we have a lack of power. We have a lack of knowledge. In other words, we don't know what we're to resist or how to resist. You know, every so often there will be some guy in our metro area who will decide to impersonate the highway patrol. And he may have a spotlight or flashing lights hooked up to his car. And uh, he may have a false badge or a uniform that looks authentic. Typically, the guys will pull over women, attractive women, and they will assault the women when they pull them over and come to find out they're not legitimate police officers at all. They are trying to take advantage of ignorance. And I'm not suggesting that women are ignorant, but very often when you get pulled over late at night and you think, oh no, you're expecting this to be a legitimate policeman, and by the time you realize it's not, uh, you're already very vulnerable. That's what they thrive on. They are thriving on a lack of knowledge. And most people want to be respectful of law enforcement. They want to be compliant. And it's hard for someone just to roll up the window and drive off. And uh, But these guys always get caught. 
And so uh, that's the way the devil works. They, they disguise themselves as legitimate authorities. Satan uh, comes at people like this. Satan impersonates God. It's amazing how many people are oppressed who think the oppression is coming from God. They think that the bad stuff that's happening is God's will. Uh, the devil lies to them and tells them that uh, because it is happening, it must be the will of God. Can I tell you, there are terrible things that happen every day that are not from God. But if you do not know how to reject and resist them, they will unfold in your life. That's why you need to be aware of what God does, what He doesn't do, and what your covenant affords you, and what your rights and privileges are, because you can be taken advantage of. Smith, um, the great English pastor, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, went out to visit one of his parishioners one day. He's a very poor lady, very illiterate. But she was a very faithful church member, so he decided to go to her house and take tea with this little lady who lived in a very rundown, shabby little, uh, almost a shack. And as he was waiting on her to prepare the tea, he got up and walked around her living room, and he noticed a framed document on the wall. And he said, what is this? And the, the little woman said, well, that's what my mistress left me. And uh, I thought so highly of her. She was so kind to me that I didn't have the heart to throw it away. I had it framed and put on the wall. And he carefully read it and said, ma'am, this is a will. You have been the recipient of a large sum of money. This is your inheritance. The woman didn't know. She was totally ignorant of what belonged to her. So Spurgeon worked it out for her to receive everything that she had coming to her. You know, that really is the role of the pastor of the church and the teacher of the Word of God. Really every ministry gift. It's our role to teach people what Christ did for them so that you can appropriate it because if you don't appropriate it, it's not going to fall on you like a ripe cherry off a tree. You've got to go seize it. Now, we do not have to fight the devil. Uh, that's not our job. There's no reason for us to fight the devil. The devil has been defeated. We are to resist the devil, but it's different. We do not have to uh, fight the devil in order to resist the devil. In other words, we let the devil know that his defeat has already been worked, and therefore we will not yield to him, not one inch. We will not cede anything to him because we know our heritage. So throughout the process of faith, Satan will offer suggestions to you. And he's going to do this to you because he was willing to do this to Jesus. And so many people think that, that uh, you know, Jesus never had to battle this. Listen to this. I want to read this to you. This is Matthew chapter, six, uh, chapter 3, verses 16, 17. When Jesus had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly... A voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, Jesus was 30 years old when this happened. He had been walking by faith the whole time. In other words, he did not hear this audible voice when he was 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, not even when he's 29. 
Only when he was baptized and became obedient to the plan of God was Jesus confirmed directly. God spoke to him for the first time in an audible voice. Now, Mary had seen a number of manifestations, as did Joseph, but the baby Jesus didn't see all of those things. He certainly was affected by them, but, but he would not have known these things even if uh, he had heard them because Jesus had to grow. He grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. He had to develop and learn. The Scripture talks about his learning process, so he emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. He poured out all of that heavenly knowledge and had to grow up in the word. He knew who he was by the reading of the word. The Holy Spirit quickened it to him and said, this is you. And he walked in faith just like you and I would have to walk in faith. And then he gets a confirmation from God the Father when he is baptized. Fascinating thing. Now listen to the next part. This is Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he'd fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Wow. Here is Satan trying to interrupt a process. God has already told him he is the Son of God. As such, he has a mission to fulfill. He is going to do a number of great works. And here at the very outset in the beginning comes the devil to lie to him to interrupt the process. And Jesus knows how to fight the good fight of faith. He doesn't say, I defeat you, Satan, because he knows where the defeat's going to come. It's going to come on the cross. He merely quotes the word of God and does it three times effectively and Satan leaves. So Jesus understood how to resist the devil. And he resisted the devil here as much to show us how to deal with the devil. You and I are to quote the word. It doesn't do you any good to get mad. It doesn't do you any good to call the devil names. It doesn't do you any good uh, to try to wish the devil away or try to outthink the devil. The only way you can deal with him and resist him is to declare the written word. That's how you resist the devil. Now, God confirmed where Jesus was with an audible voice. So Satan came to challenge this statement. So it's so very important that we understand what's going on. Satan came to steal the confidence of Jesus. Now I want you to listen to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to read verses 35, 36. I love these words here. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. You know, I used to do a lesson with kids called Don't Throw Down the Rope. And I talked about God uh, uh, gave us faith to reach into a domain that we can't go with our hands. And that's what a cowboy does with his rope. He uses his rope to catch a steer that he cannot catch with his hands. And uh, he is using the rope to reach into a realm that is beyond his reach. That's really what faith is. So when you catch the steer and you have him by the rope, you do have the steer you don't have him in your hands. That's a very good picture of faith. When we receive something by faith, we may not yet have it in our hands, but we do have it. So when the scripture says, don't cast away your confidence because your confidence has the reward, it's a great picture of the rope. If you throw the rope down, you lose what's on the other end. 
What's on the other end may not yet be in your hands. Now, ultimately, the only reason that you rope that steer is because you want to throw him to the ground and get him in your hands. But uh, at the beginning, you have him only by the rope. We have things by the rope, so don't throw down your rope. Hold on to your rope, and you will eventually have it in your hand. That is the fight of faith. For you have need of endurance. That's what this is. Endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The promise is on the other end of the pull. And what a lot of people do is they release because they don't feel or see immediately. And that's the lesson of faith. We do not cast away our confidence. Now, Satan will do everything in his power to get you to quit uh, before you get this, before it becomes manifest. Listen to what Kenneth Wiest had to say about the devil. Therefore, since the children share in common one another with one another, blood and flesh, it's Hebrews 2.14, he himself also partook with them in the same in order that through the aforementioned death he might render inoperative the one having the dominion of death that is the devil. We render him inoperative when we resist him in faith. Don't ever forget that. I'll see you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.